We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Our responsorial psalm tonight says, Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Blessed are the people. Um, That's you. That's me. And blessed are we. I want to reflect a little bit on why why we're so blessed. I mean, what it means to be so blessed. What is the cause of our gratitude of this song that was sung by Israel and that we echo tonight? Blessed the people God has chosen to be his own. We're blessed because we have the privilege of walking with Jesus, of knowing him, of going through life along with him, and knowing that he, he marks uh, the destination to which we're moving, that he is the end of our road. He's waiting for us. You know, the gospel talks about being vigilant, be ready, be always ready, waiting for the Lord to come. When will the Son of Man come? When will Jesus end? break into our life and provide for us a moment of grace. And he says that we can't expect it very well, so tonight we have to check our expectations a little bit. If you say, if you think to yourself, how does does Jesus come come to me in my life? Um, It's a lot of different ways. Um, Certainly through the sacraments, certainly in our prayer life, Um, certainly in moments in our life when we um, have a profound sense of God's presence in another person or in something that happens in our life, um, something miraculous, say. But there are also ways that he might come to us in unexpected ways, so I'll get back to that. Um, But we know that we, we live in the presence of Jesus and that he's coming to meet us. He's always coming to meet us. Um, Two particular ways, the the gospel tells us that Jesus is going to be there at the end of our life to be our judge. And they kind of spook us a little. Did you get that? Do you want, you know, there's a servant, you've been entrusted with something, he's probably talking to us, um, talking, certainly talking to Peter, talking to the people of Israel, that you have been chosen, so you have a special responsibility, and to those who have been entrusted with much, much will be expected. And he talks about these servants who get beaten severely or beaten lightly. It's kind of a rough choice. <laughs> uh, but remember, because Jesus is walking with us, because he gives us the grace to do what we ourselves cannot do, um, he, he provides for us. Our end is not going to be the suffering. Maybe some time in purgatory he's talking about that knocks off rough edges. Um, But we're going to meet Jesus. And the the same one who says, do not be afraid any longer. He's speaking into history to everyone. 
He's speaking especially to his own. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. The Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. To give us the kingdom. Foolish as we are, weak as we are, sinful as we are, the Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. That second reading talks about how uh, a city is being prepared for us. Um, Those who Jesus has chosen. And his own, the church, um, is, is depicted in the New Testament as the temple in this city. Remember Paul saying, you are stones, living stones, built into an edifice for God, and Jesus is the capstone. It's a beautiful image. The temple is the center of the city. It's the place where God dwells. It's the glory of the city. It's the most beautiful part. It's the place where people go to, to find rest, to find protection and refuge, um, to be encouraged. It's a beautiful place that Paul tells us is us. And that in this city that God is preparing, uh, we are being built into living stones. Um, this is a, t- a chance for us to, to reflect on that with new stones all over our church. Uh, I was praying with these new stones, and I, uh, I, f- I find it incredibly beautiful to think about, this is just probably my fancy, but um, to think about God planning out and preparing these stones with the pressure that they go through for millions of years, erosion, um, volcanic activity, deep under the earth, emerging from the earth. And I imagine, it could be right, could be wrong, i got to ask in heaven, but uh, that God is very intentional about these things, building beautiful stones, planting beautiful stones, forming beautiful stones. Um, that These very stones that we have been given, that glorify God, what better use for stone? Huh? What better place for God's artistry? And if you look at this stone... Um, you'll see how beautiful it is. Look at, these, look at these, these fissures, these cracks, the different forms that emerge from stone. Um, and, and, and the difference between different stones, dark, light, um, smooth, rough, is beautiful. I like to think of us when I pray these prayers and Paul's image of the temple, that you are being built... Uh, You are living stones being built into an edifice for God. And I like to imagine our lives in heaven when we see the fulfillment of this project that God has been working on for a very long time. I think we get to heaven and uh, Jesus gives us a tour of that temple. And he's going to walk us from person to person and he's going to say, look at this one. I made this one. Um, and it'll be you, or it'll be me, or it'll be your grandfather, I don't know, your child. Um, and he'll say, look how beautiful this life is. And some of them, some, some of those lives, they don't have any marks, no blemishes. They're very clean and, be- and pure and innocent, um, beautiful. And other of those lives are complicated, are complex, are messy, and are beautiful. No? And God is at work in all of it. In every earthquake, in every time these rocks are splitting, in every um, kind of messy piece of the development of each one of our lives. No? 
Um, it's beautiful. That's the judge. That's who we're going to meet. Um, and he's going to honor us. He's going he's to show us how um, he, the great things that God had did, has, has done with our lives, had done with our lives. And also to thank us for cooperating with grace. Can you imagine that, God thanking you? The Father is pleased to, to give you a kingdom. He's building a city for us, and he's building us into a temple. Um, he's pleased. Um, okay, so that's the, first, that's the first image. I also want to reflect, and I'll continue to do this um, in the upcoming weeks, but on the particular pieces that we have recently installed um, in the church. And I first want to talk about the baptismal font. So if you haven't seen that yet, look in the back. Um, there's a baptismal font. It's fairly simple marble. It's beautiful. And it's in the shape of an octagon. Okay, so if you already know why that is, then you can take a nap or whatever. <laughs> uh, in the, in, for a long time in the tradition of the church, baptistries were built in the shape of an octagon. Um, the place of formation, the preparation for entrance into the church, the place of the privileged moment of the sacrament of baptism, where someone receives the life of Jesus, um, dies with Jesus, is born with Jesus, receives the Holy Spirit, can identify in a very, very real way as a child of God and to know it. Um, there's so much to baptism, it's the beginning, it's that first grace of uh, the graced life that Christ offers us, the sacramental life. And it's shaped in, in the shape of an octagon um, because it is meant to symbolize and to teach us and to remind us of uh, grace. It's, it's eight sides to remind us that Jesus rose from the dead on the eighth day. Have you heard that? Jesus rose on the eighth day. So it works like this. How many hours are there in a day? Okay, good. You're still listening. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope nobody got that one wrong. <laughs> uh, 24. So this earth is like spinning around like this, and we can't feel it all the time, but it's spinning real fast. Um, 24 hours, and then it goes around again. What if I said, Santa Claus is coming to give you the best present you've ever received on the 40th hour of the day? You, if you're smart you'll be disappointed because <laughs> he's not coming. Uh, you're not going to get anything. What if I said you're going to have the worst day that you've ever had in your life on the 400th day of the year? I hope you wouldn't worry because there's no 400th day of the year, right? There's a pattern to nature that has a beginning and an end and then renews itself, starts over. Um, and that's the week. For, uh, for this biblical people, for our ancient fathers, and even for ourselves, the week has seven days, and then it starts over again, right? Um, so when the fathers of the church said that Jesus rose on the eighth day, and that when we're baptized, we rise with Jesus and begin a new life that is lived in the eighth day, this is a, a crazy supernatural life that doesn't make any sense. It's a different kind of life. It's a life by faith. It's a life lived in the supernatural. It's life lived when in the creed we say we believe in the visible and in the invisible. 
Um, and, and we're given a life that will show us that there is an invisible world that is at work, that is something that we participate in. When uh, parents come to baptize the children, they are asked a question, what do you ask of the church? And you can respond what? You remember this part? I was a baby when I was baptized, but I've done a few since then. <laughs> you can ask for uh, baptism. That's pretty obvious. Um, or you can say faith, the gift of faith. Um, this is the first moment where a child will be given the supernatural gift of faith. It's not like so I believe in something. Uh, it's a gift that comes from God that you can't have without God, without that grace. We ask of the church to give the gift of faith in baptism. Um, faith is that grace that tells us that the, the impossible is possible. That what is supernatural, what is beyond us, is real and can happen. We, we can, uh, it, it, without making sense of everything, live beyond the possibilities and the limits of what we see and what we feel and how other people interact with the world. You know, something impossible, something beyond. By faith, Abraham uh, believed that God would fulfill his promises. By faith, Abraham left his land. By faith, you can do things that you can't do. And that's the eighth, the eighth day that we live in ever since our moment of baptism. We live in because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, because we live with Jesus, because we live in the sight and in the presence of the Father. No? By faith, you can live differently. Um, and I want to I, I end with a, just a little reflection on, um, on love and compassion. I've been running into a lot of people who are talking about compassion. And this, I hope there's not too many non-Catholics here when I say... Um, I looked in the Catechism of the Catholic Church in the glossary and found no compassion. <laughs> ah, I think because we have lots of other ways of speaking about the same thing. Um, but I've been studying up on compassion. I've been listening to a lot of TED Talks. You know TED Talks? Yeah, they're pretty good. I like them a lot. And I recommend the TED Talks on compassion. Um, but I know... I, I was... The thought came to me that these are beautiful humanists that are very optimistic about the future of the world. These people will talk about how if everyone would be compassionate, this world would be perfect. This is the, the, the evolution of our species, of our people. This is where the world is going. Let's start it now. Let's all be compassionate. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I think they are practicing, they're trying. They're trying really hard. But um, I happen to know from my own life, sadly, and um, from a lot of interaction with other people that the world has fallen, that it's difficult to have compassion in every case. There are times when we feel strong and we say, oh, compassion is easy, I pity this person, I feel strong enough, I can condescend to help someone. There's times when um, compassion is easy because this person has loved me for a very long time. Now it's my turn. Um, there are times when compassion is very difficult, though. Trying to love someone who doesn't love me back. They don't care. Maybe someone hates you. Maybe it's very difficult 
to love them, they won't accept the love. Sometimes we put up conditions where we say, I will love you when you change this in your life. Or we feel like people put those conditions on us. It's actually difficult to love in every case. It's not difficult. Some people it's easier to love. And hopefully you found those people. Hopefully you know some of those people. That makes life easier when we have people who are easy to love and can love us well and easily. But if we're going to fulfill this dream, this good dream that my TED Talk friends are talking about, compassionate world, which I think is possible. I think it's possible because of Jesus Christ. I think he has a different way. When he says, love your enemies, he says, love one another. By this, uh, they will know that you are my disciples. And sometimes it's easy enough to love you. Yeah, Uh, I find it very easy to love most of you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm grateful for all of your compassion toward me. Um, he says, um, love your enemy. Now, that's, that's a nice thing to say, but was he a fool? Does he not know the real world? And it's, not, it's not like that. Love is mutual. It's not one way. Love your enemy. How is that even possible? Jesus isn't living in the seven days. Jesus is in the eighth day. He's coming from a different place where things are possible that are not possible here. Love your enemy. He's not saying try to do something that's impossible. He can give us the grace to love our enemy. To show compassion to someone um, that other people can't without grace. And I've seen examples of this. Here's one very um, kind of practical way that I've seen it done. Mother Teresa's sisters, they talk about loving Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poor. And I've seen Mother Teresa's sisters. I love them. I'm a chaplain for them, and I travel around and help um, pray with them and um, give them the sacraments. And I've seen them in some wild places where they're helping people who hate them. Imagine that. Waking up every day and going to help people who hate you and scream at you who really don't uh, are very unkind. They don't love the sisters. Not everybody. Most of, the, most of the people they serve love them. But some people are deranged. Some people are so hurt. Some people are suffering so much that they can't, they can't love. Um, but the sisters love them. And they tell me it's because they love this person by loving Jesus in this person. You know? This person is not lovable. But Jesus is impossible not to love. This one who has died for us. This one who has given his life. Um, And they don't just imagine it. Jesus said, for what you have done for the least of my brothers, you have done for me. Um, When you fed me and I was hungry. When you visited me me in prison. When you clothed me and I was naked. These are all difficult situations. Messy people. And so this is where I'm saying, Jesus can come to us in unexpected ways. And we can love him in unexpected ways. We can be surprised by him in unexpected ways. And I want you to consider this week uh, the possibility that when Jesus comes to us, it could be in the distressing disguise of someone poor in your life. Someone who's hard to love. Someone you might feel like you hate or want to. Someone who dislikes you. Uh, And try to love them by loving Jesus in them. It's possible. That kind of compassion. 
We're meant to be people who give light to the world, to this fallen world, to a dark world. Um, not just say really good things, but show people that the impossible can be done. And I think this goes a very, very long way. Um, I just went to a family reunion. I got my sister back there, so I got to be careful. Uh, and I know that family life provides lots of opportunities for compassion. Uh, it can be uh, dramatic and messy, um, but it's the stage that Jesus has put us into. That's the place. He says, love these people around you. Not just the easy ones to love. Love everybody around you, because that's your Christian life. And so the good news tonight is that it's possible. We have a different life. If you think anything is impossible, you're wrong. Nothing is impossible with God. Live this week in the eighth day. Um, Live with Jesus. Love Jesus in somebody. Let us stand and together profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.